Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. Grab your tea and crumpets. I understand tea and crumpets was a crossword puzzle clue in the New York Times crossword puzzle this week. So I'm going viral. You know. Or maybe finally? <laughs> oh, come on. Maybe not. Maybe not. Hey, good morning. Welcome. Glad you guys are here. Good to see you on this beautiful sunny day. Uh, I don't know about you, I'm enjoying our summer weather. I've been out gardening and just working in the yard and having a great time. So it might be fun today to go somewhere, you know, nice and outside and enjoy it. We're going to get back into our series. We started a series called Love Is a few weeks ago. And last week took a little diversion. I, uh, I you know, it was last, last Sunday was Juneteenth, and I took the the opportunity to... Uh, speak on that a little bit, just kind of a little history lesson, very different for us, what we normally do. I felt it was important. There's a lot of uh, important political issues uh, around us today, and sometimes we need to address those. So I, I got good feedback after last Sunday, so I thank you guys for that. I, I, I just, I love the heart of our church. I really do. I love that you guys love people and that there, there is a, a sense of inclusion and diversity and value for one another here that I love. So thank you for that. But today we're going to get back into Love Is, sort of a uh, in-depth look at 1 Corinthians 13. I think, as I mentioned early on, one of the more um, known passages, I mean, in all of Scripture, New Testament, uh, anywhere, I think there's a lot of people who could quote or at least have heard 1 Corinthians 13 that may not have ever even read the Bible. But I thought it might be worthwhile to take time and dive in a little bit and really uh, look at this in depth. What does it really mean? It's a sort of an in-depth look at what does love look like. Uh, we started, just by way of review, saying love is more than a feeling. It really does have substance to it. There's depth, there's commitment. Uh, it's pretty much central to everything in that, you know, our words, things we say, our beliefs, uh, even our deeds, what we do, none of that uh, has a whole lot of meaning or value to it if it's done without love. And in a very real way, that, that's pretty much the message of the Bible. That's the message of the New Testament. If you would go to the next slide for me. Thank you. Just a, this is like a quick survey. It's by no means uh, exhaustive, but Romans, be devoted to one another in love. Galatians, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, I could have put up there Jesus saying, love your enemy. Uh, Colossians, and over all these virtues put on love. Peter, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. And John didn't want to be left out, and he says, dear friends, let us love one another. Really, you summarize the message of the New Testament, that's it, isn't it? 
I, I don't know. Did I talk? Did I talk to you guys about Bob Jones recently and his story? It's back in the '80s, you know, before some of us were alive. But there was this old prophetic guy, and uh, people always wanted to hear what he had to say because he'd he'd have these. He'd go to heaven. He'd have all these dreams and weird trips and. And uh, he, I remember him saying, you know, he, he, he went to heaven, and he was with Jesus. And you always think, what would that be like, you know? And he said, he stopped. You know, he was dramatic pause, and he said, he just asked me one question. Did you learn to love? I thought, good grief, man. That's, uh, that's it, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, the second week, you know, Paul gives in 1 Corinthians 13 a, a, a list of descriptions for love. And the, the first of those is patient. Uh, you might recall, you know, I said that the gap between uh, our agenda and reality is impatience. Uh, and I just have, I'd encourage you to consider that a little bit. I know I use the example of me driving, which you know, pray for me in that area, but uh, the gap between our agenda and reality is impatience. We can learn to be more patient by just saying, hey, you know what, what I want right now can take a back seat. I want to learn to wait and wait on others, wait on God's time, wait on whatever. So today we're continuing on, and uh, the next descriptor Paul uses is kind. Love is kind. So why don't we pray, and we'll, uh, we'll jump into that. Yeah, Lord, I thank you for today, for just a really, wow, great time of worship this morning, beautiful. Uh, and, and I pray that you would open our hearts to receive today. Help us uh, to, to really grow in understanding what it means to, to live in love, to walk love out, to, to love others uh, as you would. In your name, amen. Culture today is weird. Um, we expend a lot of energy, just generally speaking. I'm not pointing a finger at anyone in particular, but in our culture, being right. Being right is, is a high value. Uh, you know, you talk, we talk about being politically correct, and sometimes politically correct means don't say things that might be taken in, in a derogatory manner to another person. Uh, but another whole dynamic or dimension of politically correct is, you, you know, being on the right side of, any given or chosen issue. And there's a lot of them today, right? That's no secret. So there, there, there's this energy that's put forth into just being right. Uh, in the church, you know, we're not exempt from that. I think the way that it, it takes shape so often in, in the church is right doctrine. It's really important, at least to some people, apparently, that... We have all of our little theological ducks in a row, that we know what we believe, and our, our belief system is well-packaged, we can articulate it. Uh, that's super important to some people. Uh, maybe you can tell by uh, my presentation there, it's not that important to me. Uh, I'll just give you my opinion on that. I was a, I was a kid, uh, a young whippersnapper. Uh, listening to John Wimber speak one night, and John John it was getting older, and he, and he had been sick a lot, 
you know, and it was, his health was failing, and he was, in, in every sense of the word, winding down, winding down his ministry and really probably winding down his life. And I remember him getting up and saying, you know, the older I get, the less I know. And I just thought, wow. You don't hear that from a lot of leaders today. He was right. <laughs> you know, I've realized today my theology, uh, my belief system is in process. And frankly, it's different than it was 10 years ago or five years ago or maybe two years ago. And my assumption is this, that it will be uh, different than it is today in two or five or 10 years from now. And this is the conclusion I've come to, and maybe this is really what I wanted to say today, is that I'd rather be kind than right. You know, Jesus approached things with so unique. Uh, you know, I, 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 so his first miracle, Jesus shows up on the scene, and what does he do? He turns water into wine at a wedding. And you go, okay, you know, I mean, is, that's, it's not super compassionate or loving in any sense. I mean, nobody died. You know, other places he raises the dead, right? Nobody died. Nobody was going to die. Nobody was even sick. Frankly, why did he do that? He did that to save the host of the party a little bit of embarrassment. You throw a party, you run out of wine, party foul, right? Dude. Jesus goes, ah, just here's a little more wine. I'll make a run. You know? Uh, it, what, what, was the, what was behind that? I think just to be kind. It was just to be kind. You know, I, 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 John tells us that Jesus wanted to show his disciples the full extent of his love. The full extent of his love. It's a, that's a kind of auspicious statement. And so what does he do? He washes their feet. That's disgusting. I mean, really. It's like, hey, here's a gift card for Olive Garden. Take a day off. You know what I mean? Whatever. Uh, no, he washed their feet. And again, I, I think there's just something there. It's just a, a kindness. Kindness is uh, kind of in vogue right now. It's sort of a, it's sort of a, a, a thing. Go to the next slide for me. This is a statement you see a lot. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. It's on T-shirts, it's on stickers, wall plaques. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. It's become sort of cool to be kind, right? It used to be cruel to be kind, but now it's cool to be kind. I, yeah, you don't think I got that, do you? Um, back uh, in the early 2000s, a friend of mine named Steve Shogren wrote a... He, he actually took some heat. This is what was interesting to me. He took some heat for presenting kindness as a means of evangelism. And he, he wrote a book, and you can go to that slide for me, called Conspiracy of Kindness. And the premise of the book was this, that you just go out into your community and be nice. You just do nice things for people. And people were, he was getting pushback. And some of those folks that, who have their doctrine all right were saying, you know, you have to have a clear explanation of the gospel. 
Okay? There's no four spiritual laws here. There's no, uh, you know, you at least have to get somebody to pray the sinner's prayer. The audacity of you to think that you could go out and represent Jesus in the community just by being kind. And, uh, well, you know, joke's on you. The result of that was, of course, one of the largest churches in America. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, today, go one more slide. I found this. There's even a foundation called Random Acts of Kindness. It has nothing to do with Shogren. He started this, but now this is interesting. There's just a few people got together, and they have this foundation, Random Acts of Kindness. I looked at their website, and it really just it doesn't ha- say much. It just kind of talks about being kind. And then I noticed there's a donate button. I go, oh, you can give money to being kind. I don't think so. Um, I was like, okay, I got 10 bucks. I could send it to these guys, or I could give it to the person on the corner. I don't know. Whatever. Um, one more slide for me. We're going to break for Greek again today. I'm just feeling it. Yay. All right. Go one more. Here's the thing about this today, though. This is an interesting thing. So the word for kindness in Greek is krestomai or something like that. It's one of the hardest words to pronounce in Greek I've ever come upon. So a lot of times when you look up the Greek word, the way that it helps you is context. And so you look at the other uses of that word, how it was used, and and that helps you determine. This is the only place in the New Testament this word shows up. One time, right here, 1 Corinthians 13. And not only is that not that helpful, but check this out. What's the definition? To be kind. Usage, I am kind. It was no help to me. The, the Greek was of no help here. Kind is kind. That's all there is. Um, so, here's what we'll do. <laughs> I'll just give you my opinion. First, um, I, I, I think it's important to say what kindness is not. And kindness is not this. It's not letting people walk all over you. It's, it's, it's not being a doormat. It's not tolerating abuse, tolerating criticism unjustly. That, some people might do that, but that's not kindness. That's something else altogether, and, and, and it doesn't represent really what the heart of kindness is. Conversely, I suppose on the other end of the spectrum then would be this thing of seeking power, uh, you know, lifting yourself up above people. It's not putting yourself below people. It's also not putting yourself above people, uh, you know, and asking the question that is so easy to ask, what's in this for me? That's not kindness either. It's somewhere in between those two things. How, how do we become kind? Uh, so here's the thing. As is the case uh, with patience and every other aspect uh, of, of love, we can't just will it. You know what I mean? We have to, there's a process involved, I believe. And, and we, can't, here we, we can make a decision. We can say, you know, I really want to be more kind. And that's, that's just the starting point. It doesn't, that isn't the end. As I said last week, action always begins with prayer, and I really believe that. So I say to myself, self, I want to, I want to be a kinder person. I want to learn how to be more kind. And then I begin to pray, and I say, okay, Lord, I can't do this on my own, so I need you to help me. And the reason that it, we have to incorporate God in the process and ask for help is, is this, that 
To be a kinder person requires actual transformation of our heart. You know, I was thinking of it this week, uh, the the Vineyard, uh, Southern California Regional Conference was this week, and my old friend Eddie Espinosa led worship, and he sang a song he wrote back 150 years ago, Change My Heart, O God. And I thought, the simplicity of that song, but the incredible power of it, Change My Heart, O God, that's really what it comes down to. Because I can't do that on my own. So here, I'll I'll just, I'll bring this out of the abstract into the concrete. Here, this is a little little secret. I'm not really all that kind of a person, okay? That's just the reality of it, you know what I mean? Any any kindness in me at all, frankly, is a transformation of the Spirit of God in my heart. Um, Man. And this is why, and this is why maybe some of you can identify. In order to have our hearts transformed and be a kinder person, it requires that we die to ourselves. And what does that mean? That's a that's a kind of a you know religious term. Die to yourself. What does that mean? It means this. It means that if you are the center of your own universe, if everything revolves around you and exists, you, you know, to meet to meet your needs, that has to change. That's what it means to die to yourself, okay? Uh, It's a realization that I really do need more of Jesus and less of me in my life. And I really do. And I realize that pretty much every day. John said, the older I get, the less I know. The older I get, the more I realize how much I need Jesus. How's that? Uh, He becomes the center of the universe. And we get our life from him, not from ourselves. Um, so, so here's the, the first thing to become a kinder person is we have to receive kindness from God. Go to, to the next slide for me. We sang this today too. Uh, that's an old song. I love that song for a lot of reasons, but but partially because when it was first written, it was I was just in a place where uh, some friends of mine would sing it a lot, and but partially because of this. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. You see, here's the thing. The transformation in our heart doesn't happen by God scolding us and saying, you need to clean your act up. The transformation of our heart happens by God being kind and expressing his kindness to us and us receiving that and taking that in going, oh, I see, that's how it's done. Does that make sense? Uh, It begins, you know, by accepting... The kindness of God in our own lives. Uh, not holding him at arm's length, but saying, okay, Lord, I, I welcome you. I invite you in. And, you know, and then kind of falling into his arms because we need it. And, and this, I, let me just say, this is an essential step. You can't bypass this. There's no way to be changed without receiving from him first. And look, if you feel in any way, shape, or form unworthy of that, if you feel in any way uh, unable to receive, if you feel there's something blocking you, if you believe I'm not good enough, I'm not whatever enough, I'm not any, whatever, any of that, just get somebody to pray for you today, come and see me, whatever, do what it takes, because you are, you are. God's kindness is extended and his grace is good and he wants, he wants to see your heart transformed from the inside out by his kindness, not not his discipline or his criticism, but his kindness. Uh, 
Um, at the end of the day, you can't give away something you don't have, right? And so if we want to, to be kind, which is an extension outward, we need to be transformed inward. Um, when we receive God's kindness, it, it'll become more natural to be kind. You just it, you don't have to try. It just ha- when you receive it from God, it just happens. Uh, you know, at, at its core, that's what kindness really is. It's simply uh, putting others before yourself and a willingness to give with no thought of receiving back. You you don't. The question, "What's in it for me?" doesn't even enter the picture at all. Uh, you know, and, and, and here's the deal. This is really the essence of this at all, uh, the whole thing, is that when that happens, when we become really kind, we're not looking for a reward because that is the reward. That is the reward. The reward becomes being able to extend yourself to somebody else. I, I did, you know, I mean, I don't always do this. I don't always give money to people on the freeway because I don't have enough money to give money to everybody in the freeway. But I did the other day. There was this gal there, and I just thought, man, I'll just give her five bucks. I give her five bucks. And, and I tell you, that was the reward. I just felt like, man, I, I mean, I, it, was just, it was just there. It was just real, you know? There was purpose, and it was fulfillment. I, I, I felt better because I did that. I, I thought, you know, gosh, what, what did I miss out on? One Americano. Like, I need another Americano. It becomes, when we do that, it becomes self-perpetuating. We receive kindness from God, and then we begin to give kindness, and, and it really does spread. Shogun's book was called Conspiracy of Kindness, and the idea behind it was, you know, when we go out and give kindness away, then that sparks kindness in others, and it just spreads. And that, that really happens. You know, you, you, we, we have the opportunity, and I, maybe it's an overstatement, but we really do have the opportunity to change the culture around us, okay? At the end of the day, we do. And you think, what can I do? But we do. If we all say, I'm, I'm going to be a kinder person, we have the opportunity to change the culture around us. So here's, here's what I want to do right now. Um, I, th- I thought it would be good to end with a little bit of self-reflection this morning. We don't do this very often, but we're going to do it just because. A little inventory. So I have two questions, and I'll ask one, and then I'll just give you a minute or two to think it through and meditate, maybe pray if you'd like, and then, uh, and then we'll go to the second one. The, the first question is this. Where is your center? Where is your center? Is it you or is it God? You know, and, and when I say, where is God your center, I, I don't mean this. I don't mean, do you go to church? Do you keep yourself clean from basically any of the really big, nasty sins? Do you pray now and then or read your Bible? What I mean is, what is the center of your life? Is God at the center? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to have access to your life in such a way that it actually becomes transformational? Where is the center? My second question is this. Uh, it's a little more direct. 
are, are you a kind person? Ask yourself, am I a kind person? Am I kind to others? Am, am I kind to people around me? And, and not, it can't be just the people that I love or like, but uh, am I kind to people in general? T- to me, that's actually the litmus test. The lit- litmus test is people who are different than me, and whatever that might be, different values, different lifestyle choices, different politics, uh, d- different views, beliefs, different religions. Am I kind to those people? Because as you can go to the last slide, uh, you know, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org give.